0: Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation starts. Sit back and listen as we talk to the authors who take you to different places every time you turn those pages. If you enjoy what you hear, give us a like, share with a friend, reach out, we want to hear from you. Oh, hey! (laughs) I'm still learning the StreamYard thing, so when I say, oh, hey, then I realize that we're live, and then I kind of uh, do our introduction. <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, Katie, how are you doing this evening? Oh, you have a little doggy back there.
1: Oh, I do. This is, I don't know if you see him so well, this is my writing <laughs> companion.
0: Oh, Hi, baby. Yeah. I just had to be here, <laughs> oh i love that dogs will always be welcome on this show you can bring as many as you want they can bark they can act crazy because i will tell you i have six of my own and i absolutely oh, love them
1: nope it's he's the only pup in the house we do have a cat who might be stopping by she loves when i'm on video chats of any kind so she might stop by too um yeah hi sweetie but
0: no, how <laughs> are you doing I am doing good. I'm doing really good. It's good to be back at the seat. Good to be back here at the house and getting everything back in motion. So, everybody if if you don't already know, you're watching the author's porch. Okay? Just just going to throw it out there. You guys are watching the author's porch. Porch, port. Seriously, I'll never get my words right and I'm okay with that because everybody who has ever watched the show knows that um, words escape me from time to time. I like to say that they're escaping me because they're going on a page. (laughs) They're going on a page. I'm writing them down somewhere. So tonight, everybody, we have Katie Egan. She is an author of contemporary romance and a lover of dogs. Look back there. Oh my goodness, I'm loving it every single moment. So, um, and I met KT, uh, you know, through the interwebs and I'm so glad that we connected because I've been reading a little bit of your book. I haven't completed it yet, but I'm telling you that I'm falling in love with it. And I don't know if you meant for this to happen, KT, I'm on, it's book two. It's the one that's on the promo flyer for your show uh, Mm -hmm. guest spot tonight, but it reminds me i don't know if you ever watched the show brothers and sisters where sally jesse uh fields uh, no what's (laughs) sally fields was the mother of the show but it was this tv show where she was the rock and the father had passed away and she had like six i told you my dogs would bark too So she had uh, like six kids and she had to be like the rock and all the kids had these different things going on in their lives. And in the beginning Mm -hmm. of your book, I started reading that and instantly I was brought back to that TV show that made me have so many emotions and connect with the characters like they were part of my family. So I don't know if you meant to do that, but wow. I've never seen this show.
1: I will say that that especially that first chapter when you're really like meeting her siblings, you're really thrown into that whole situation. I come from a big blended family and it's always loud and it's always chaotic and whenever everyone's together whether it's for a happy occasion or you know for a funeral as in the beginning of the family recipe, there's so many opinions and there's so many people. And I really wanted to capture that because the entire book is about being yourself. It's about living and learning how to live. And you can't learn how to live if you don't have that family behind you. That is crazy, but they're doing their own thing and they're living too.
0: So... Yeah, that is so true. And so let me ask you, were you inspired to write this series? Because there's two books in the series. And you said there's a third unnamed right now, which is exciting. But were you inspired to write this based off of your own family? Or what was your inspiration behind this series in particular?
1: I was inspired by my own family. Um, So each book has a little piece of me. I think every author has a little piece of themselves in their books. But especially with the second one, um, my grandfather passed away when I was about 16. And for me, that was a really, it changed my entire life because he was my first best friend. He was the one that we went to for advice. He was the one that we did all of that stuff with. And so it was like learning how to exist again in a world where he didn't. And I feel like that's a big part of Cheyenne's story is just learning how to exist in a world where Gramps isn't. And it's learning how to be yourself and how to be authentically yourself, which I'm still learning. I think that people you're learning how to be yourself until the day you're not anymore. Um, that's a big part of my inspiration for the entire series is how do you exist? How do we become adults? How do we keep those bonds that have taken us through our entire lives? And how do we do that in a way that's organic to who we are supposed to be.
0: You know, I'm getting cold chills right now because um, (laughs) my grandmother raised me and she was my rock, my best friend, my everything. And she passed away when I was in my thirties and I was deployed to Oman when it happened. And I always said that if my grandma left, I wouldn't know how to exist. So when you say learning how to exist in a world where they didn't exist, I totally get that and understand that part of it. And it was one of the things that pushed me to to want to finally live out my dream of writing was when she passed away, The 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 book title Life Without You came to mind. Now, I haven't wrote that book. Um, That's just something that, you know, hasn't been able to come out of me yet. But I totally get that that concept of how do you live in a world um, and exist when the other person does not. So this isn't your only series that you write. Is that correct? It
1: is my only published series so far. I am currently working on you know, the second two installment or the third and fourth installment in the series and then a prequel to this one and then in a totally separate like universe almost, but in the same like little small town. I'm working on a standalone, um, a YA standalone that will deal with grief um for teenagers. Cause it's a conversation that people don't have the way they should. I I was a teenager. I who my mother and my grandfather both passed away within a year of each other um and so it's exploring grief and how that how do you handle grief how do you talk to somebody who's 17 and they're in that world um so that's kind of like in conjunction with this series here but this is my first partially published series for sure
0: that's that's amazing i love that you want to write a book for the youth because you're right there's so many things that are youth people don't want to talk about things for the young folks, because they're like, oh, well, they shouldn't have to experience things at that age. And I want to say, well, they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you're you a prime example. You experienced it. And was, was there somebody talking to you about this very subject or a place? Because I know at the age of 16, 17, 15, or younger or older, we don't go to, a, you know, a lot of our parents or mm-hmm. um, aunts and uncles because, well you know, my daughter's 18 and she thinks that I don't know anything. So I understand, you know, and sometimes if there's a book or a place that they could escape to, to, to understand how to deal with it, it would be amazing. So we've got um, some of our audience members chiming in um, Paris, who is a good friend of mine, Vicki from Singapore. She does um, the, any publication for true life stories, people are saying, you know, Changing humanity and connecting humanity. So, um, she says, great conversation. Thank you for watching tonight, uh, Vicky. We appreciate you all the way from Singapore. So, um, she's great. So, have you always wanted to write contemporary romance, or there, or is there another genre that? Uh, and you said young adult. So, are those the two genres that you're going to write in, or are you going to explore others?
1: I kind of feel like a jack of all trades in a way that is going to sound completely silly. Um, but also just very myself, you know, trying to find words to describe me, which is hard. Um, I've been writing since I was five years old, and I was definitely that teenager who wanted to write, like, the next Twilight. Completely unabashed, too. Like, I was going to do it. It was going to be great. And then I just started working on the first book in the series, actually, while I was in college. Um, I was going through some things and just having, I've always written to like get stuff out. And so writing the first book and I was like, I actually have some real talent for this. Like I can make people fall in love with my characters and maybe fall in love with, you know, themselves again. And so I kind of drifted over into contemporary romance and have written about five books now um, under that genre. This is my first foray into YA writing. Um, The project that we were just talking about. So I'm not really sure if I'll stay there. It does. It's a little hard to write being 17 year old, 17 years old in my head again, um, because that was a very different time and place for, I think, everyone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I am a Twilight, Vampire Diaries, Underworld. You give me any of that stuff, and I turn into a 15-year-old girl. I have you no too. problem. I have <laughs> no problem getting back into that 15-year-old girl mindset. So I could totally see um, a young adult fantasy um, going on right there. And you could turn it into a young adult fantasy romance type of. Yeah. Yep. yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I was going to I was going to be the next L.J. Smith. So I was obsessed with her Nightworld series when I was like 14, um, which are older than the Vampire Diaries books. I don't know if you've read them or not. They're so good. And I was going to be the next L.J. Smith. And I worked on this this poor book. And i say poor book because it ultimately went in the fireplace like it, it will never see the light of day and i can't
0: we've all you, got one
1: i can't tell you 90 percent of what it was about but it was i was just i was gonna do it i had my witches i had my vampires there were atvs in egypt um, it was a wild time
0: <laughs> we've all got one i have one i tried to do with uh magic twins and a shapeshifter and it just <laughs> So I get it. I think we all tried to go in that realm. Oh my goodness. So, you know, when I was reading your prologue, I was like, oh my God, KT gets me because um, in the very beginning of the prologue, it starts out with your character sitting on the front porch, yes. drinking iced tea. And I'm like, Hello. I created the author's porch because of when I was growing up in the Midwest of Indianapolis, Indiana, every great conversation started on the front porch. You either had iced tea. If you were older, you had a beer or you had ice water. And, and I was like, oh my God. And then there's a character named CJ. And I was like, oh my God, this is freaky. I think that we know each other in another life. And it was super great. So I just really enjoyed reading your book.
1: Thank you so much. No, I mean, honestly, and part of the reason that I love the author's porch so much is so I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania, like right on that little tip between PA and New York. And we had the same thing, like it was nice outside, you were outside, the parents were on the porch, you know, the kids are taking a tumble in the grass. Like, I can't tell you how many times I did that with my friends, with my cousins. All the while, like my grandfather, my parents, my grandmother were on the porch, you know, watching us having their drinks and it just it felt like childhood to me and that is what i love to embody in these prologues is it has to feel like childhood you have to be able to see yourself in their shoes otherwise you're not gonna like the story
0: yeah absolutely and and i love that that about the the childhood that a lot of people don't get nowadays is they don't get to have what we had. you know, that front porch hanging out, Mm -hmm. parents talking while the kids are playing. Um, And I think that's what we bring to our writing as well, is those characters that people can relate to um, and fall in love with, because a lot of people want that. They don't have it, but they want that. Mm -hmm. And. And I was falling in love with your characters and you know they had children that, that was running around and doing different things as well. So <clears throat> are you traditionally published or self-published?
1: I am traditionally published. I had the crazy wild opportunity to sign a contract for the first two books in the series together um, with Gen Z Publishing, which is a small indie house that is based out of New Jersey. And I've been working with them for the last, oh gosh, it's it's, got, it's been almost two and a half years now actually. Um, and it's just, it's been a crazy ride. Like I never would have thought like I would have traditionally published so young because I'm relatively young for being a published author in and of itself. Um, but then just the opportunity to be able to put my voice out there with people that I like working with and with a great connection of authors has just been really a blessing.
0: That's good. I, I like that people have a good <laughs> outcome with traditionally published, um, because there are so many houses out there that are popping up for publishing, and some of them are vanity presses, some of them are not vanity presses, but people aren't getting what they need out of there, so I love that you have this connection with the tr- traditionally published world, so other than your young adult, what else do you have that um, you're going to be working on in the near future?
1: Um, so right now I am, as I mentioned, I am working on the third, fourth, and a fifth book in the series um, for the Anderson Creek kids, because each book is supposed to follow one of them. Um, all You Hold On To actually follows two. It follows Maverick and Roxanne, because they're kind of like a unit. Um, and then each of the other books like follow them. one of the other kids. Like, for example, The Family Recipe is Cheyenne's Story and then the third book in the series is going to follow Wesley. Um I do actually have a title for it. As of right now it is titled A Shot at Forever, um which is an which is an homage to Wesley being a photographer and kind of like that story really involves Wesley learning how to grow up because he is the most childish out of the six of them and he is just this fun, zany, energetic person. I actually modeled him a lot after my fiance. Um, especially when we had first started dating. And he's just this fun, energetic guy. He's got his head in the clouds. He's so just happy to be alive. And it really kind of like shows him learning how to channel that creatively. He gets a steady job for the first time in his entire life. He's starting to teach photography at a private school, um, which before then he's been doing like jumping from job to job, moving from state to state. So it's really his first chance to settle down. And he meets Megan and her daughter. And Megan is a little bit older than he is. So he's probably 27. She's got to be early 30s. I haven't quite pinpointed an age for her yet. But she's a little bit older. She has an eight-year-old daughter. And he really is thrown into that pseudo-parenthood in a way that is so fun. Because it's so different than what Cheyenne experiences with Amelia and Miles. Because he has to, he's not taking over for a parent. He's not trying to step in and fill big shoes. He's trying to support those big shoes. Which is another really fun way to look at blended families, because there's always par- there's always parents on both sides who are kind of like left out of the equation when a family blends together, and I wanted to explore the ways that that parent who's not part of the like not part of the new equation was still part of the bigger problem.
0: I, I like that because um, you're right. There is uh, one side of the family that kind of gets left out of that. So when when you were a kid and you were dreaming of what you wanted to be when you grew up. What was that? Was it always a writer or was it something else? Oh, it was a host of things. Um,
1: I've been writing since I was five. I would tell anyone and everyone who would listen, I was going to publish a book someday. I was going to, you know, be on the bookshelves. But that wasn't, I have never wanted to be a writer and have that be my only career path because I have too much energy (laughs) to sit down and do one thing. Like currently I work in private education and I love it. Did I see myself there? No, but I love it. Um, But when I was like five, six years old, I was going to actually be a Jag lawyer. I wanted to work um, for the military to defend service members. And I was going to be a Jag lawyer and I was going to write like crime fantasy books on the side. And if six year old like KT could see where I'm at now, she'd probably be like, "Mm, we derailed a little bit.
0: That's funny. Crime fiction to contemporary romance. You know, it kind of fits because that that romance can totally turn into crime fiction. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. And any good mystery thriller, cozy mystery, fantasy book, there's always going to be that element of romance because at the end of the day, we as humans want to believe that there's a happily ever after out there. And you can't have have, happily ever after without, without love. So...
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if, um, what is your ultimate dream, you know, with, with your career in writing?
1: Um, honestly, so it would be for my fiance and I to uproot ourselves and move to like Denver and like open a farm. I don't know why it's going to be in Denver because like, why would you farm in Denver? Um, but I have <laughs> a farm outside of Denver, Colorado, where I could write all day and we'd have like chickens and pigs yeah. and I just, just to have like something that's a little bit more down home, I think. Um, But I'm in the middle of the city right now. It could totally change in five years when I want to be back here. Um, But I would eventually just stick to writing full time, I think.
0: That's good. I I love that you get to write full time because when you're a creative person um, and that's all you can think about and you have a passion for it and you write from a place of passion, anything that you're doing (laughs) other than writing pulls you away from that and you feel conflicted, right? Um, Yeah. so, when you're doing something else, it's like the only thing you want to do is get back to that story. It's like your characters are in your head going, Hey, hello. Mm-hmm. I got something to say. Write this down right now.
1: <laughs> yep, I know you're working and I know that you need to make money, but you also need to pay attention to me.
0: Yes, all the they're all we'll classy <laughs> we'll sometimes, right?
1: Oh, all the time.
0: <laughs> I, you know, going back to, um, the beginning when I said that your your book reminded me of Brothers and Sisters, where Sally Fields is the main character, um, I could totally see the series going into like a TV show series because the characters are so relatable and so real. Like these feel like real people, not a character that was made up. It feels like, um, you know, a family that you've known for your whole life, somebody mm-hmm. that grown up with that you, oh, I know that family, that's the Joneses down the street, you know, and these are so-and-so that I met in high school and stuff like that. So it's definitely a series that could turn into a TV show on time network and stuff like that. And that was a feeling that um, I get my phone literally just started turning Siri on. I didn't even say Siri. Is, <laughs> oh, it's so awkward. Um, so I I love I love the characters. Did you have any traditional training when it comes to writing, or is it just something that's come natural to you?
1: Um, so I've always toot my, own horn, toot my own horn here. I've always had a natural inclination to writing. Historically, I've always been very strong verbally. I've been reading since I was three years old. Like I have loved words my entire life. I did go to college. Um, I do actually have an undergraduate degree in English um, writing, more technical writing though than creative writing. But I do have, like I went to school to expand upon those skills that I already had. Um, I think that answers your question. I hope it does.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it does. Because some people like myself, you know, I, I um, I got my degree in psychology. I have no formal training in writing whatsoever. I literally just wrote a bunch of stuff on a paper. And in the beginning, it was super, super horrible. And then it just, with time, um, I was able to develop it, my skills, and take a lot of different, um, you know, online classes, YouTube videos, talk to other people and stuff like that. And then there's some people that was traditionally trained. It's kind of like classically trained in piano. And then there's other people that literally just sit at the piano and can play it by listening to a piece of music. I so I would attest your ability to be able to just sit at that piano and play a piece of music. But then you were able to get some training to enhance that so that if Carnegie Hall called, right, then they would not be able to say, well, you have to have this degree. Cause there are people that in in certain realms say, well, if you don't have a degree in something, then they won't even touch you. Right. Yeah. Um, which I don't agree with. I, in my world, if you're good, you're good there's no piece of paper that's going to tell me that other than what I'm looking at uh, and that's your talent. So um, I like to ask people because it just kind of says, where are you going with your career? What have you invested in, in your career, what you want to do moving forward? Um, And my investment in my career is the author's porch and talking to other authors and learning about the process and, and the networking part of it to learn the craft and the things that people do. Um, and I have friends that go to constantly conferences learning the the art and the craft itself. And I just I just love to learn everyone's process of of learning, I guess you would say. So as an author, if you could talk to another author who is wanting to know how to get into writing or be published or how do we get these characters to play nice and get on this piece of paper for me? What would be your best piece of advice uh, that you would give another author?
1: Um, First and foremost, for anyone who wants to write, you, you have to write. You can't sit there and say, oh, I'm gonna write my book one day, I'm gonna write my book one day. You need to put the time in. It's like anything else to get better. As you said, like it takes years of practice and talking to other authors and just learning the ins and outs. And you can do that quite literally from just getting online and making connections, reaching out. But you need to put the time into write. You need to write that first draft. It's gonna be terrible, but you need to do it. And when you're going back through and you're looking at that draft and you're trying to say, how can I make it stronger? How can I make it more robust? Focus in on the characters. If you're, if you're trying to write dialogue, is this a conversation that you could see yourself having? Could you see somebody responding to it that way? Because that's really big a lot of times, especially in romance books. Dialogue comes off as really, really stiff because people I don't think conceptualize, would somebody say this out loud? So what I do is anytime I'm writing a conversation, I will actually ask myself the question and respond verbally or I will say the statement out loud because it helps to hear it. Does it sound weird in cadence? Does it not make sense syntaxically? And those are my two probably biggest pieces of advice because a lot of times the writing, you write, you write, you write, you get the experience and you'll start picking up on what's gonna help make your character stronger. But if your your dialogue isn't quite there, it might not do what you want it to do.
0: You know, I think that, your advice is gonna have my husband thinking I'm crazy. And this is why, because dialogue is sometimes difficult for me with some of my characters. So I could totally, I'm totally gonna, I'm gonna verbally respond because I love, I think that's great advice. Because sometimes um, my characters will be talking to themselves and and I can hear it as I'm writing it. Mm -hmm. And it looks okay. But I wonder if, if it would sound okay, right? So I'm yeah. gonna try that. That's great advice.
1: Hey, if he's looking at you like you're crazy, you can always be like, hey, why don't you come read some of these lines for me? Because my fiance will like, we'll have conversations as I'm writing them. Yeah. Um, and it's super helpful to have, especially if it's like your husband or my fiance, for example, because it's a different voice. Yeah. This way it's not getting muddled with what's in your head and what you're saying. I highly recommend it. It has saved me. A lot of time and edits. I feel like just being able to talk about it, hear the words.
0: That's great advice. It's great advice. Yeah, it's kind of like you're role playing the actual scene itself. No. it works great for romance. If it, you know, if you're, you know, in a romantic relationship with the person, like your fiance and my husband. So, um, so I'm gonna have to, you know, maybe get him uh, a few beers uh, before yeah. he starts reading it to relax.
1: <laughs> just to get him on board a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah definitely because he'll be like um no and i'm like come on babe, it'll be fun no
1: one's gonna know
0: yeah i won't record it i promise <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness so how do people reach you if they want to read your books have a chat with you or book you for a show
1: yeah i mean you can always find me on social media i probably spend way too much time on instagram Um, But all of my social media handles are kteganauthor. You can find me at kteganauthor.com. Or you can reach out to my fantastic publishers at genzpublishing.com. And I'm, you know, happy to have a conversation. I do spend way too much time on Instagram. So you will always catch me
0: there. Yeah, I love Instagram. Instagram is a great platform. Um, It's just finding that what works on Instagram. um, But I love I'm a visual person. So Instagram is great for me. Facebook is great for networking and my shows because the platform is so super easy to work And But when it comes to visuals, Instagram is, I'm all about it. So um, I know there's been a lot of people that have um, stood by you in your career, kind of lifted you up and, and helped you get where you wanted to be. Do you have any shout outs for those individuals or anyone in particular that you want to mention?
1: Oh, gosh, there's too many to count.
0: <laughs> right? There always is.
1: It takes a village, right? Um, I think probably the biggest one um, would have to be my dad. So he he stepped up to the plate. I mean, he's so he's not my biological father. I'm adopted. And he came into my life when I was very young and has just been this force for change, like this positive change my entire life. And he's my biggest fan. He's my strongest supporter and he's my harshest critic and having just that being able to have those organic conversations, especially when I don't like something that's like a negative review, for example, and he'll be like, but do they have a point? And it's like, they might have a point doesn't mean yeah. it doesn't hurt
0: um, <laughs> And
1: just having that constant in my life and just having that support has been tremendous for me. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Dad, if you're watching this.
0: Oh bless. You know, I your dad's so right. And and it's hard for us to, to say that, but do they have a point? Yes, but I don't want to hear it. Sometimes Those it hurts. Negative
1: reviews. <laughs> I yeah. nobody warned me when I published my first book. And I was like, okay, it's not gonna be that bad. And then I read the first one, I was in tears, and I was like, okay, it's really bad.
0: But it's fine. We were, yeah, yeah. It does suck, but at the same time, it's a it's a growing experience. I always invite the negative and the positive because it gives me an opportunity to grow. It also teaches me a tremendous amount of patience because you can realize there's always going to be people that are just haters, right? Mm -hmm. There's those people that you could have wrote the Harry Potter series, or everything that Stephen King, um, Oprah Winfrey, you could have been the best literary person in the world, and they probably will still write a negative review, because there's people like that. And those are the people that teach you that tremendous amount of patience and understanding. And I love those people as well. (laughs) there's a play. there's there's a reason for them as well and there's a there's a certain amount of teaching um you know god bless them so um so every review is a valid review and sometimes you know in the world of social media and digital digital the digital world right sometimes and celebrities do this sometimes um all the negative publicity actually pushes you higher into being seen so it's like give me your worst
1: (laughs) i think the biggest thing i've learned with negative reviews is they are a teaching moment like they helped my second book be stronger because i took the criticism from the first book and made sure i wasn't repeating it again yeah um and it is you're completely right every opinion is valid and just because you know your opinion is different doesn't mean that it's not valid and it's a really good thing i think for authors to be able to read those reviews and kind of be like okay this is somebody on the opposite side of the stand here what are what is their world looking like that they're gonna see it this way so i think it's a really it's a good way to bolster yourself to be like okay i can get better it's a good way to be like i understand and it's also you're right a good way sometimes just the more reviews you have, good or bad, it's going to put you higher up there. So,
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, Katie, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you tonight. Um, I, I'm going to enjoy finishing the rest of your book. Please keep in touch with us so that we can know when the next ones come out. Any other genre that you write in, we'd love to have you back on the show when you have another release or want to just come in hang out on the porch and, and have a good conversation with us and and bring that precious little doggy again because oh my gosh they she's super cute yeah well,
1: thank you so much for having me it has been an absolute pleasure
0: well, you know, drop in anytime on our on our page, shoot us an email. Uh, we we definitely are gonna include you in our monthly newsletter. So all the links to your book will be there. Anytime you have a new release, we're gonna invite you to our, our group. Anyone that comes on the show or is in our blog interviews, we have a group of all those authors so they can talk with each other if they have any questions and just want to network with each other um and i ask once a month in there if you have any new reviews or anything you want included in the newsletter and i just try to push that out and, and find a way to get the authors and your wonderful work bar out to people because that's the whole purpose of the author's porch it's sitting, having a great conversation and letting the world know who you guys are so thank you so much and um i appreciate you
1: Thank you so much. And just thank you for all of the work that you're doing. Just, you know, helping authors have a voice, helping us have a place to connect. It is impressive and so appreciated.
0: Thank you so much. I'm going to uh, say goodbye to you tonight. But I know that we are definitely connected through um, through time and space. So we'll see you later. Bye, Katie.
1: All right. Bye. Have a good one.
0: Bye. You too. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for watching tonight. Um, We missed you guys last week. I'm so glad that we actually are back this week. Talking to KT was great. It was definitely food for my soul. I needed it. I needed to be back here with you with another fantastic author. Please check the show notes. All of her information is in there. You can go and visit KT. You can become a part of Her Facebook page, all of her other social media, you can buy her book, read it. It's a fantastic book. I'm about 50 pages in and I've already connected with her characters. That is one of the most fantastic things about what I do on the author's porch is reading these books. I read as much as I can of the author's books before they come on the porch so we could talk about it. And I get to discover new worlds, new adventures every single week. I've got the best job in the world. And I would not be able to do it if we didn't have these amazing authors out there creating these pieces of just beautiful works of art. So come back every single week, meet a new author, meet your new favorite author. It could definitely be your new favorite author. I have an author that I read her book and fell in love with it so much that I am reading every single book that she's publishing now. So, you know, there's just so many wonderful things that we bring here on the author's porch. If you have any suggestions on how we can improve the porch, how we can bring better content to you. Do not hesitate to reach out. Our inbox is always open. You can reach us at www.theauthorsporch.com. Also, theauthorsporch at gmail.com. Send us your suggestions. We want to bring you stuff that has you in your literary world just on fire because the things that you put down on paper that you write and you bring into this world truly can change somebody's life, whether it's a memoir, fiction, nonfiction. That's how I became the individual that I am, and that's why I do what I do. So you guys have a great Tuesday evening. I hope that you get some rest because I know that I'm going to go get it. I'm glad to be back with you guys, and we will see you here Thursday for the Bombshell Book Review, back with my fantastic, beautiful friend, Nicole. Um And she will be here. We will be reading The Shipping Heiress by Lisa Higgins. And since we missed last week and we are here this week, you're going to get caught up. And I'm super excited because, you know, me and Nicole have a great time. So don't forget to come back here on the author's porch Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time at 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Because that's where Nicole's out. She's over there living life in uh, California while I'm over here in Texas. Either way, we're enjoying the sun. Have a great Tuesday night, guys. Bye.